<laughs> I just did the whole podcast with Sean Connery. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to do it like one of those podcasts where they're like, um, hello and welcome to, and then it's like, all right, let's get into it. And then you like obviously cut to like them recording it earlier. <laughs> totally different audio. Like. <laughs> Should we do that again? Yeah. Welcome to Safeways, our safe word, our podcast where we read romance novels and then talk about them. My name is Peter Vincent. My name's Colin Williams. And this week we read Claim for the Leonelli Legacy by Lynn Graham. So what did you think of it? Um, it was good up until I had like a very specific point where I was like, no, this book has lost me. Let me get my notes. Oh, hang let's, let's do a plot summary then. All right, let's do it. Let's do a plot summary. You want to, you want to give us a summary or we'll just. I mean, the, the stories of Andrew is an aging billionaire. Yes. Who wants to hand on his wealth to his only alive blood relative. Who is his granddaughter. Tia. Yep. Who lives in Brazil for reasons not properly explained. No, so Andrew has two sons, one of which I don't know the name of because he was literally just introduced as like, he's boring, we don't care, he's dead now. And then um, he has a second son, Paul, who is also dead now, who was like a missionary, like decided to become a missionary. We get a little bit of backstory when Tia's mum was introduced, that he used to be a businessman and then gave it up. Yeah, I was really confused because like Tia's mum is a Brazilian supermodel or whatever but also they then go to brazil and that's where he leaves tia like yeah and so tia's from england but she looks brazilian because her yeah. mom's brazilian but she has blonde hair is that a brazilian thing it's like honey blonde so i don't even know okay i feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves and we should just introduce the characters before we do anything else so i feel like there are three main characters yeah andrew the billionaire yes his adopted like son yeah like his protege yeah well like not technically adopted but yeah his his protege max max who has brooding sensual eyes we are told many many times <laughs> the amount like i don't think they talked about his eyes without calling them sensual and tia who is his granddaughter his estranged granddaughter and we start the book with max being told that in order to protect tia's wealth once andrew dies max needs to marry tia Yes. Which already is problematic. There are so many problems with that already. It literally just was, it felt like Lynn, the author of this book, Lynn Graham, love her. Lynn Graham, our hero. Classic. Was just like, all right, I want two characters to have to get married for some reason. What's the most convoluted way I can think of? Because, yeah, I remember reading the first couple of pages and being like, do you still have to, like, do you have to be related to someone to leave your wealth to them? No, he could just give it to Max. Yeah, but he wanted it to go to his blood relative. Yes, but he also didn't want her to get screwed over, I guess, by or like suitors. Yeah, like gold diggers, suitors or whatever, because she grew up in a Brazilian convent in the middle of nowhere and doesn't know the ways of the world. Also, yeah, she seemed pretty chilled out for someone who grew up in a convent. She didn't seem that into... um all of the religious stuff. Yeah, she seemed pretty chill with just being like, oh, I'll just leave that behind. So yeah, Tia grew up in a convent. Grew up in a convent or moved to a convent at some point? I think she was very young when she was left there. But so Max has to go to the convent in Brazil mm-hmm. and meet Tia and mm-hmm. take her away from there to... He takes her to Rio. Yeah. That was a good opportunity for a conflict and there wasn't one. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised... Because the chapter where that happens, like where Max arrives and everything, it's just like, ooh, sexual tension. Um, and it's literally one chapter. And it's literally one chapter. And then the day when she's leaving, Max just sort of comes downstairs and Tia's like a bit brooding and is like, I'm leaving behind everything I've ever known. And then they just leave. <laughs> like there's no like, do I really, is this the life that I want for myself? No, none of, none of that self-finding stuff. She's just like, yeah, chill, I'll just leave this world that I've existed in for this whole time and go live in England with some people I've never met. But they stop in Rio first to ostensibly just to get clothes? Yeah, to get clothes and like acclimatise to a big city or something, which like you're about to go to rural England. It's not like... <laughs> so they go to Rio and then yeah. she... It wasn't. I wasn't clear on this next part. She went to a party. Who yeah. did she know at the party? No, okay, we're skipping the most important part oh, and sorry. my favourite character, Teddy the dog. Oh, yeah. We can't just skip over Teddy the dog. She also has a dog named Teddy. Yes. She has a stray dog that she was feeding in the convent. And t- 
tells Max that, and Max is just like, yeah, chill, well, we'll just bring it to England. And then they go a little bit too much into detail of, like, quarantine procedures for bringing animals overseas. Yeah, like, if Lynn did any research, it was to do with how to get a dog from... It's almost like she wanted to get a dog from Brazil to <laughs> England or Ireland, where she's from, and... Um, but the resulting wrote, from that research, she wrote this book. Yeah, just wrote a book surrounding that idea. <laughs> I also, um, this is getting ahead a little bit, but I think that Teddy has the most character development of any of the characters, and we need to talk about that well, later. yeah, he has an arc. Yeah, he has an arc. Anyway, we're in Rio, the party. Yeah, who did she know at that party? So Tia had a friend who went the high school of the convent or whatever. Like, the convent was, like, a school for troubled girls or something. Whenever mates Maddie lives in Rio, she's like, well, if we're in Rio anyway, I'll just get in touch with my friend, and I'll go to her house. And then she goes to the house, and Maddie has fallen off the tracks. There is insinuation that she does drugs now, um, which I was very uncomfortable in this chapter. No. Um, <laughs> um, and Maddie just sounds like a real bitch, to be honest. Dresses her up in party clothes, which I'm like, that's cool. You're, like, sharing outfits and everything, but then, like, makes fun of her for being a virgin. Oh, yeah, we find out Tia's a virgin, of course. Um, she grew up in a convent. Yeah, she grew up in a convent, but also, like, the mm. vibe of this book is very much so, like, mm. yeah, she needed to be a virgin. Tia has a shitty time. And, and then a dude kind of, like, comes onto her and then accuses her of being a freak for not having sex with him. Yeah. And then she is in tears and calls Max on her new cell phone. Mm-hmm. She's very excited about the cell phone. Yeah. Um, and he comes and saves her, Night in Shining Armor style. Ye- I mean, no... He, that's that's my first note that I wrote down. Oh yeah. When he shows up, he then like essentially slut shames her, and oh, then yeah. yells at her for her outfit that she's wearing, and like calls her a stripper. What? Yeah, I've forgotten about that. I was like so bewildered when reading that. Like she's like, I'm at this party and it's all gone terrible. It's the worst night ever. Please come help me. And then he rocks up in a limo, probably, and I just feel like starts abusing her. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Real. Real not cool, dude. Just, like, the part that um, made me really uncomfortable um, was they get back to the hotel and he, like, takes off his suit jacket because he's just constantly wearing a suit and puts it around her. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, do you want everyone staring at you when we get out of this limo? Like, he's like, it's okay if you want the attention, take it off, but if not, you better keep that jacket on. And it's like, fuck you, mate. What if she does with the intention? And then this is leading into our first romantic sex scene after she's just had a terrible night realised all her friends don't like her and then... Being called a freak. Being called a freak for not having sex. Yeah. And then is in tears and then he abuses her for her outfit. Mm-hmm. Then she wants to have sex with him, which I feel like isn't realistic. Yeah, this whole first sex scene was very much so like neither of you are in a great mental health space right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should take a minute. Um, I yeah. mean, Max is a psychopath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has sensual eyes, so it's okay. Yeah, and like a... They, they describe his body a lot. Yeah. I was wondering what you would think of that, just because I feel like this is four women, so the, the guy was just described in detail a lot. We got very little details about Tia, other than her breasts are the size of handfuls, um, mm-hmm. and her honey blonde hair, and she has a heart-shaped face, then later a round face. Yeah, her face shape definitely changes. Yeah. But we got no like details about her like, personality. She has like blue eyes. Yeah. Oh, and blue eyes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, so this very first sex scene. Oh, uh, the very first sex scene included the um, this phrase that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. which is, the liquid heat at the heart of her went into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. I always like reading how they describe she wet. Yeah. Yeah, it's never like, she was very wet. It's the always like... The liquid the, heat at yeah. the heart of her, her went into a frenzy. <laughs> spilled over. Um... I also love how they describe... Oh, you have a lot more notes than me. Oh, I do have a lot more notes than you. I've taken a lot of notes. None of them are great, though. (laughs) Although, page 18 is where Teddy is introduced, and I wrote, as soon as he was introduced, I'm already super attached to the dog. Um, I mean, you know what happens to dogs in fiction. I know, I, yeah. Not this one, though, he was fine. Um, Spoilers. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Because they're Uh, reading along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, editor's note. <laughs> Frank, can you take that one out? Yeah, sorry, Frank. So this is chapter four where the good stuff happens. Yeah. Um, my favourite part of the sex scene is that Max has a concussion the whole time. He um, 
He like puts Tia in bed because she's a child. Um, Full disclosure, I skimmed this bit. How do you get the concussion? Tia was like, oh, are you skipping for the good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, he was like going to leave. It wasn't very well explained. I'm assuming the bed has like, you know, those fancy big beds with like the poles and then the curtains and everything. Four poster bed. Four poster bed. There we go. Keeps out the malaria. There you go. Well, we are in Rio. Is that in malaria then? No. Oh. In parts of Brazil, probably. Yeah, but probably, yeah. Well, anyway, he like puts her down and then goes to leave, but she like grabs his arm and with superhuman strength somehow manages to stop him from leaving, but he tries to stand up and hits his head really hard, like really, really hard. Like he falls to the ground hard. Um, and then they go to get a doctor after sex, yeah? Yeah, post sex. Because like after sex, he like stumbles around and everything. Anyway, during this sex scene... I also really enjoyed the line after the, he said that he's had a concussion before. And Tia says to him, he had had a... Co- oh, says in a, in a monologue. Yeah. He'd had a concussion before. Had he gotten into a fight with someone or been involved in a car accident? As wild speculation to his past. She's Brazilian. Shouldn't she just be like, oh, yes, I know football. <laughs> Concussions are kind of common, yeah? Yeah, semi-common. I've had one. Damon got one by walking into a pole one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah, very strange. They're, like, fooling around and everything and then, like, start to have sex. And I'm like, yo, dude, wear a condom. Like, I was very un- made uncomfortable by the fact that they didn't talk about him putting a condom on. And then turns out that's, like, a whole plot point, And yeah. they did that on purpose. So he didn't wear a condom the first time they had sex. And then flash forward to the morning. Yes. Tia wakes up in bed alone because mm-hmm. Max has gone to the hospital, which is Get a detail like we just didn't do. Head scans. I, yeah. Why the was concu- it in there? The concussion was just strange. Yeah. It really served no purpose. I thought it was a bit of, um, oh, what's the gun? Chekhov's gun. I thought it was, like, going to be a Chekhov's gun moment <laughs> and, like, the concussion was going to, like, play a role. Like, he was going to fucking die at the end or something because he had a blood clot from the concussion or something. I think the concussion was in there to justify him not wearing a condom. But surely, as a writer of passionate fiction, loud slurp there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking tea. Sorry. Throw ASMR listeners out there. <laughs> And tea isn't one of the ASMR things. Then it's a mukbang or whatever. What's it? What's it when they? What? It's a Korean thing where they eat food and you just sit there and watch them eat food. Don't worry. Back to the book. <laughs> mukbang. Yeah. Okay. But Lynn, as a writer of passionate fiction, surely could have just written something about in the heat of the moment. The fashion yeah, was so they, high. Yeah, they forgot or like. They didn't have one and they did it anyway or something. like. But no. Just literally so many reasons better than a concussion to forget to put a condom on. To write a concussion into the book. Anyway, he gets back from the hospital. And he's like, we had sex without a condom. You might be pregnant. Our only option is to get married immediately. Yeah, not wait until we're pregnant. Until you're definitely pregnant. Yeah, well... Not go get your morning after pill. That I was like, dude, the, the morning after pill exists. This is, I feel like this is where we need to add. Lynn Graham, bless her soul, Irish, super, super religious, very clearly was like, oh, well, that's not an option. Yeah. Uh, like, that they plays, that discuss, plays like, into the book a bit, I think. Because she grew up in a convent. They could have easily discussed the morning after pill and had her go, no, yeah. I'm from a convent. Yeah. And, but my favourite part was like, she was like, why don't we wait a couple of weeks to be sure? Like, and Max was like, we don't have that kind of time. When they do. Yeah, it's like uh, shotgun weddings are a thing, mate. People have them all the time, especially mm. in like this exact scenario. It's not that crazy. And yeah, they could have, I, I mean, I don't know how long you have to wait before you do a pregnancy test, but I feel like there are those first response ones and they're literally a couple of weeks. I have no idea. I can't comment on that. But No idea. But it's like you have a couple of weeks. It's not like you have to wait till she's nine months pregnant and then be like, yeah, that's a pregnant belly, <laughs> folk, folk. Um, yeah, so very, very strange. And I thought it was going to be more of like a, oh, he's using this as a manipulation technique to get her to marry him. I mean, he was. He was, but like, it wasn't pushed forward that way. Like, Max's inner dialogue was like, shit, yeah, I get to marry this hot chick. Really? I got the total opposite vibe. Oh, really? Yeah, I got it totally as like, he was just using this, like, because he desperately didn't want a baby, and he sort of didn't really want Tia at this point. Actually, at no point did I really get the vibe that he desperately wanted her. 
No, he just thought she was really hot. Because uh, at this point in the book, he's still like, oh, she's so young and like, you know, innocent and yeah, naive and all that. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, Tia goes and gets a facial or something. I don't know. And when she comes back from that, he's already like, oh, we're booked in for a wedding in two days. Yeah, forty-eight hours from now. Yeah. Which at that point, I'm like, are you sure it's not forty-seven or like forty-nine <laughs> or something? Like, why did he specify forty-eight? I thought that that was setting us up like two days. For them to work this out. No, literally, next chapter, it's their wedding. And the wedding wasn't even a whole chapter. It was probably like two pages, right? Yeah. yeah. I assumed that this being a um, book marketed mainly at women, that the wedding planning process would have... That's my own sexism I'm bringing to this table, but I thought yeah. that would have been included a lot more than it was. Yeah, actually, when the start of the wedding is Tia describing her dress and like being in her dress and like feeling the feelings you get when you're in a wedding dress I don't know I thought that was her trying on wedding dresses and then it would go into that it would be a whole lot more of that sort of stuff or there would be this whole inner dialogue of like it's not what I pictured my perfect wedding to be and all that shit but it was just like yeah nah cool we're married now which like if she grew up in a convent like was what she pictured the perfect wedding to be was that a convent to a millionaire yeah <laughs> um, and then they're just on a plane to England. Tia gets salty because Max doesn't wake her up to have sex with her on their wedding night. Yeah. He's doing work all the time. Mm. Trouble in paradise already, am I right? And this is, they haven't had sex since the first time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they go to England. And Tia meets Andrew and all of his family all at once. Oh, yeah, there's a party that they just sort of breeze through. Yeah. Um, I think I have a note from that party. I noted that my lady boner shriveled significantly after the wedding. And I wrote, seriously, someone stop this wedding. No one did. <laughs> and yeah, that was the point where I was like, this book has lost me. So then she meets Andrew. And like, they're married. And it's just weird for a while. And nothing really happens. It felt like there was a good chapter where it's like, oh, is this... Uh, so they're just married now. Yeah. And, and like there's like a couple more sex scenes. There's a sex scene of her and she describes some gifts that he'd gotten for her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like generally happy... But, like, whatever. And then it's, like, three months later, basically. Like, they mm. just skip ahead three months. Tia's like, oh, yeah, uh, so I went to the doctor, and I am pregnant. And then she's trying to work out how to tell Max, because they both assumed that she wasn't pregnant. And Max doesn't like the idea of having a baby. Yeah. And at this point, I was like, gross. Gross because this hot book that I thought I was going to get to read has now become, like, this perfect, little married family who are going to have a child you know like this is my problem i read that my experience with mummy porn is somewhat more extensive than yours yes based purely on gender and the fact that fan fiction was big when i was 13 this is a problem that i have with this sort of romance fiction they always end up married with at least one or two kids by the end of it. And I'm like, no, that's not hot. It's not hot anymore. If you're going to describe some, like, pregnant sex, that should be one of the warnings on the back of the book. Like, <laughs> content warning. Yeah, content warning pregnant sex. Because it's not, it's not for me. I'm 22. I don't need to I hear mean, about that. So yet. is Tia. So is Tia. Tia's, yeah, she's my age. She's just pregnant with a baby. <laughs> like, pregnant, married. Ugh. You described their perfect little life up until now. Max is definitely emotionally abusive. Oh, yeah. And just manipulating her and hasn't told her why they actually got married. Yeah, which that's like the next plot point, I guess. He, yeah. She tells him that she's well, pregnant. Well, Andrew dies. This man who has just been a sickly old man who manipulates things up until this point. Oh, and um, she got an inheritance when she arrived from her grandmother. Yeah. Which was like 400k. Yeah. And then Andrew dies, and she presumably should get all of that inheritance too. And that's never discussed. That seems to have gone to Max for some reason. They have that whole. They have a meeting where they talk about. They do like the whole reading of the will. Mm. And Tia gets this big, you know, rural England property and enough money to like like the upkeep of the property, basically. And then Max gets the whole company. And all of its assets and yeah. all of that, which is, like, what the money is. And then it's also in his, like, there's basically an annulment agreement within that will that's, like, even if Max and Tia split up, Max still gets all that. Which is crazy. Jeez. So it's sort of like, why did Max even need to get married? No, he could have just done that. He could have just done that. That could have just been... Yeah. And Tia could have, like, had this estate and not that much money 
And then he wouldn't have needed to worry about someone like stealing it from her. You can also do things like put things in a family trust that means that yeah. a um uh what's her surname? Not Leonelli. That's Max's. We Ty, never find Ty, out. No, they have like a the company has a name. Oh Gray Grayson. Gray, Grayson, yeah. Grayson. It's a very romance novel last name, isn't it? Gray. <laughs> no, isn't that G E Y? Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, I don't this know. This is A Y. We agreed that we're never reading that book. <laughs> um, yeah, they could have just put it in a family trust and had it so that even if you get married to Tia, you don't get the money. Yeah. There is, uh, just legally, this book doesn't make much sense. <laughs> yeah, okay, but anyway. At the funeral, Tia tells Max that she's pregnant, which is sort of like, he's just lost his only real father figure that he's ever had and found out that he like has inherited this big company he's had a big day (laughs) he probably doesn't need to know you're pregnant right now especially considering you know that he's going to have conflicted opinions and then Tia gets really upset because he's not instantly overjoyed to be fair he comes across as a bit of a dick in that like he could have been like oh yay and then had inner turmoil yeah he definitely could have. I think they both could have handled it better. In this scene, we also get more period describing than I thought we would have gotten. Oh, yeah, just, just in-depth descriptions of how some women have spotting in their first trimester. Because, <laughs> she, yeah, she'd, like, been spotting, and so they were both like, well, you, there's no way you're pregnant. You bled for, like, a minute once so this time. She's 22 and grew up in a convent in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she had the best sexual education. True. It's also a thing in books. Women seem to know that they're pregnant because their nipples get really sensitive. Hmm. Like, just any book that I've read where someone ends up pregnant and, like, works it out themselves and then goes to a doctor to find out for shawzies, their nipples are always really sensitive. And so now if I ever get pregnant and my nipples aren't really sensitive, I'm going to be like, well, am I really pregnant? If turning on the shower doesn't make my nipples hard or something? You can also tell because their butt changes shape. Oh, yeah. And their nipples become the colour of wine. Really? In books I've read. <laughs> I don't know about real life. In Again, your extensive research. In my extensive research, yes. Research. Research. <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> I just did the whole podcast as Sean Connery. Oh, Tia and Max have also been sleeping in separate rooms. I don't know. Trouble in paradise, guys. It's not a great marriage so far. Um, Tia goes into Max's room and is like, yo, I don't want to be alone tonight. We're going to bang. And so they bang. And then the next morning, Tia's gone. Because Max has also told her about the sham wedding. Mm. That the whole Oh, that's plan. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she did not seem offended enough about. Well, she left him because of it. Yeah, but when she's talking How about it... How offended do you need to be? When she's talking about it in her own inner monologue, she's pretty much just like, Max didn't want this child. I'm not raising this child with a father who doesn't want it because she has daddy issues because she got left at a convent. Which, like, if you're going to have daddy issues for any reason, I'm going to allow that one. That you one's know? okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and Max truly believes that he has like bared his soul to Tia because he was like, I don't want to be with anyone but you, and for him that's like a really big thing. But for Tia, she's like, cool. I mean, he's a sociopath. He's clearly just saying that to yeah to like appease her. Yeah. But so she we we get like a smash card of like nine months later, which was very just jarring. Yep. Because everything else in this book has happened over like what a week, three months, but like a week. But so there's nine month gap. In the book, the only thing you can say about, like, describe Tia's personality without just using the word naive or using anything about her body. Uh, I, I would say um, spontaneous, if I was being nice, or like mm-hmm. uh, reckless. The only character trait I could discern about Tia was she wants to be free. Yes. That's the only... So, nine months of freedom, and she's living in a rural village in England, mm-hmm. and she's set up a cake shop. Yes. And she's got a business that's going really well. Mm-hmm. She's, and she's liking like, being a mum. And she's got, like, a best maid. Yep. She has a good friend. Who has, like, two lines in this whole thing, but genuinely seems like the nicest character in this whole book. Mm-hmm. And Tia has her money from her grandmother, which mm-hmm. has, like, started a business. Yeah, and, like, bought her this place. Like, she's got yep. a house, and the business is, like, out the back of it, essentially. And she yep. wants to open up a tea room. Everything seems to be going well for her. Yeah. 
like really well. Because she wanted to be free, and now she's finally free for the first time in her life. Yeah. This isn't the conclusion of the book. No. No. Um, she's left the emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah, and the family that like never really treated her like one of them. Yes. And just sort of abandoned her, but then got her back when she was convenient to them. Mm-hmm. What was the catalyst for her getting in touch with Max again? Um, I think she was just sort of in a mood. Yeah, it seemed, again, very uh, spontaneous. She just sent him a picture message of, um, it wasn't clear what service she used. I'm going to assume SMS, but that seems outdated. Um, I mean, a lot of this book seems outdated, yeah. considering it came out this month. Did it come out this month? Yeah. They're, oh, okay. They're like a monthly or like bi-monthly thing or something. Available next month. See? These are all the ones available next month because oh. this is the one from this month. Are we reading the Italian Christmas special next month? Um, Obviously. <laughs> Don't get the pants excited. <laughs> God, if anyone's still listening. <laughs> Anyone ever listens. <laughs> I know they can't see me sub-nodding them, but they could feel it, right? Yeah. yeah. I like when you eyeballed the microphone. <laughs> I hope it comes across when I am looking at the microphone. Anyway, yes, so, picture message that's like, lol, here's your daughter, this is where I'm living, to Max, and Max is in a meeting. And she uses her real name. Sorry, not her real name, her, um... Oh, yeah, yeah, her alias, Which, this is my main complaint with the entire book. Her alias was Tia Ramos, right? Which is her mother's maiden name. Yes. Max, a billionaire, Mm -hmm. has been looking for her for nine months. Yes. And no one ever looked for a Tia Ramos. She's also like, name. she's also like, opened a business, done lots of very public things. If you know what I yeah. mean, um, like purchased property, opened a business, and then she named her daughter um, with Max's last name, Leonelli, and yeah. then it, uh, it was Sancha something, which was the name of the sisters at the convent that she grew up in. Mm. All the information was there. Who was Max hiring to look for her? Yeah, Max's PI should be Because they knew, like, roughly the date of that the baby would be born. And she used, like, an easily guessable first name and his last name. Mm. And they, like, she's still living in England. England yeah. is not the biggest country in the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that they feel like they are sometimes, but they're not. And I just don't understand how he couldn't find her. <laughs> He's in the middle of a business meeting. And gets the message. And I'm assuming literally just stands up and walks out. <laughs> like, zero words to anyone. Because he says he doesn't make any excuses or anything. He just stands up and leaves. So I'm picturing, like, he's in the middle of a presentation. Checks his thing, like, drops the little pointer thing to the ground. <laughs> flips the table and walks out. I bet he does that all the time, though. Oh, he so would. <laughs> he does that if he needs to pee. <laughs> 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 just like mid-sentence, just, oh no, just leaves, <laughs> just straightens up. <laughs> oh gosh, um, and then just rocks up on her doorstep at like 10pm, I'm feeling. Yeah, it seems like the evening, but I feel like parents have a, a lower standard for what the evening is. Yeah, it was probably like 4pm, and she's like, oh, it's bedtime. I'm so tired. Um, yeah, so he rocks up, and she's taken aback, and it's like, well dude, you you messaged him, what did you expect? Yeah. You don't message someone and be like, lol, this is where I live, and then be like, oh, how did you find me? They have sex? Yeah. He, like, looks at the baby and goes, yes, that that is adequate. Yeah. <laughs> he has a sociopath's reaction to a baby. <laughs> mm, it, it is small, and it came from me good. It has starfish-like hands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, its hands are like starfishes, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. I really wanted, like, that sentence, the way that it was written, I don't remember exactly what it was, but... It really didn't seem like he was going to say hands. <laughs> I thought it was like, yeah, babies sometimes lie like a starfish. Like, they got their little arms behind them like that and everything. Yeah. Visual joke on a podcast always mm. comes over well, Carmen. But I really thought he was going to say, sh- like, just the baby looks like a starfish. Or <laughs> that Tia just had a really bad sex education and it was literally a starfish in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> and then Max is super mad, which kind of understandable because she just totally disappeared but also sounds like he didn't have the best marriage ever yeah also like he comes in like screaming about how like oh parents who don't let their mothers who don't let their fathers see the baby come off bad in court and it's like you know who's going to come off worse in court 
actually a gold diggers who are marrying someone for the inheritance go to Brazil and marry them after two days after immediately getting them pregnant. That's also going to come up bad in court. Yeah, not the best. And it was so, like, you just mentioned it in passing, and then Tia's like, what the fuck? Like, but yeah, so he gets all grumpy, and then she's all apologetic to him, mm. which is very abusive. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next morning, he wakes up, like, in her bed, and the baby's crying, and he goes and, like, reads the back of the formula <laughs> tin and makes it some formula, which I'm I'm just picturing <laughs> just a hilarious, like... What, that Simpsons montage where Homer has to make Mr. Burns uh, breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> it just keeps lighting on fire. Pours yes. milk and cereal. <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. <laughs> And he gives a slice of cake to the dog? Yeah, he gives a slice of cake to the dog, which, in my mind... Oh, this is Teddy. Don't worry, it's still Teddy, guys. It was going to be, like, chocolate cake, and that was the end of Teddy. Goes and, like, sits with the baby. I don't remember the baby's name at all. But uh, sits like with Santa. the baby. Yeah, Sancha or something. Um, And is, like, chilling. And then Tia comes rushing downstairs. Because up until this point, she's been a single mum. It's justifiably a little bit like, I put my baby in its crib, and now my baby is gone. Also... She's estranged from the father at this point. Kidnappings pretty much only happen from family members. Yeah. If ever someone's going to be stolen, it's in this exact situation. Exactly. I was a little bit... Yeah, I, I was like, that is, this is the most normal reaction that anyone in this book has had mm. so far. Basically, then they live happily ever after, right? They go back to her house. Well, happily ever after, I want to question. But like, oh, yeah, they yeah, go back yeah, to yeah. Max's house, and then or her house legally. Mm. And he buys her diamonds and they have a second kid and it fast forwards another two and a half years to when the second kid's like gonna be ready is, to pop yeah and it's christmas time it felt very rushed to the end but also, also i i don't think that's a good ending for her no and there was a moment when they're at like when max has come that night and they're at tia's house and they're sort of deciding you know how they're gonna live their lives together because max is like i'm not living away from my child but I am unwilling to compromise whatsoever on anything. He's like, well, we can just organise it so that your business keeps running without you having anything to do with it. Oh, yeah. Well, like, essentially, you know, her best mate from this small town, she can just run it for you and you can just fund it. It's like, oh, yeah, because that's what Tia wanted. She wanted to be, like, a business owner. not make She wants to be a venture cake. capitalist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not everyone wants to be a venture capitalist, Max. Yeah, I mean, she has a second cake shop out of the, like, estate that they live on. They but never I'm actually like, talked about it running. She's going to start it. Which, again, seems like a real abusive relationship sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you'll have your cake shop running soon. And it's also a bit like, they're on an estate. Who's coming to this shop? Oh, oh, I wanted Surely to find that Surely their neighbours are, like, miles away. He also mentions, because one of the things that he's pissed at Tia about is that it's like, she inherited this house and then she just left it. He's like, well, there's a bunch of people who work there. And I'm like, yeah, that's fairly fair. But he's like, he had to go back every weekend to give them something to do. Yeah, this Which estate I seems... just pictured he just, like, spilled things for people <laughs> to clean, right? That's what you got to picture. No, this estate sounds like it's like an old feudal estate. Like, like she owns, like, a whole county. Yeah. yeah. I can't find the line, though. It's that's in there. Right. It is in there somewhere. Yeah. I also wanted to, um... Uh, on... Page 169, the only note that I wrote was... Heh, 69. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was surprised to realise how much of his own anger had dissipated. Telling Tia how he felt had helped. Holding his daughter had helped even more. All of a sudden, he realised that he had moved on from the past that had once haunted him. No therapy for this guy. <laughs> He's just totally cured from his super abusive childhood. Yep. He eventually tells Tia, like, his deep, dark past. And it's that, like, his dad was super abusive, which, you know, was sort of hinted at a lot. But his dad killed his mum while he was in the house. And then his dad went to jail. And that's why he had to come to England, because his mum was murdered by his father, who was now in jail. And then his aunt the whole time accused him of, like, you've got bad blood in your boy. Yeah, I kept telling him, like, oh, you're going you're gonna to become your father. You know, you're your father's son, just through his whole childhood. But, like, holding a baby and telling a hot Brazilian chick that he's damaged was enough to cure him. So, sorry, psychologists. Lynn has put you out of work. Everyone just needs a hot Brazilian girl. Oh, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about. Did you notice in the book, okay, so a couple times they use the phrase zero to blank. 
Oh Never my God, I did zero to a hundred. No. Zero to ninety. Zero to sixty. So zero to sixty makes sense to me, right? Because it's sixty miles per hour, which is yeah. the speed limit in America and the UK, mm-hmm. right? But she's from Brazil, where they use the metric system. She should be saying zero to a hundred. Yeah, and early in the book, they say zero to ninety, as though it's like zero to quite high, but not quite maxed out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it I just, that one. Every time I read that, took me completely out of the book. At one point, the phrase, throwing a newborn baby into a shark tank was used. On page 10, everyone. <laughs> Not in reference to the actual newborn baby in the no, book. No, no, no. That's later in the book. Don't worry. Uh, on page 28, Max makes a hand gesture and here comes buckets. Apparently. Was that the exact phrasing? Yes, yes. On the very last page, page 187, I just did the like vomiting emoji and then the eye roll emoji. That was my summary of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to draw attention to this is the last like part of a paragraph for the, the whole book, which mm-hmm. is Tia told him how much she loved him, and it all got very soppy, and then sexy, and then soppy again. Teddy got the cake. Tia got more diamonds for Christmas, and a couple of lunch later, a little boy was born and christened Andrew. never says that, that Max loves her. She never gets any, like... No. no, she gets diamonds, though, which... Yes, he buys her a Also, thing. like, earlier in the book, Max talks about how he buys, you know, like, he, he sleeps with women and gives them diamonds, and that's enough. Like, they don't need emotions from him because they get diamonds, and he doesn't need anything from them because he gets sex. And it kind of ends up feeling like that's what his relationship with Tia is like, but also he gets kids out of it. Which seems buck wild, considering, like... Again, she grew up in a convent where you, like, throw away all material possessions. Yeah. Surely, like, uh, everyone likes things, but surely she would have, like, a lower-than-average standard for things. Yeah, or response to it. Because, yeah, it just seems crazy. All right, and that's the book. Yep. So, um, we do have a few issues (laughs) with, with Lynn Graham's claimed for the Leonelli legacy. Um, the title makes a lot of sense now that I've read it. Yeah. yeah. She was claimed. Yeah, by a sociopath um, with sensual eyes. What was your star? What was something good about this book? So are we doing two stars and a wish? I don't think I have two stars for it. Well, in the airplane when they were getting the private jet, yeah. they described Tia's nipples. Mm-hmm. That was a star for me. Yeah, you you liked the description of her nipples. Yeah, it was oh, brief. That's true. It was brief, but I liked brief, it. Brief but good. Um, another star was, I just enjoyed the roundabout ways of Lynn not using the word penis or vagina. Oh yeah, the I have a lot more uh, penis and vagina vocabulary now. Yeah, so they were probably my two stars. Yeah. Uh, before you do your wish, should I do my two stars? Probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, one of my stars was, if you just ignore the whole narrative surrounding it, I do like a good description of sex. I think they were, they were somewhat hot. You thought the porn was up to it? Yeah, the, the, porn, the, porn was, the porn was good. It was ruined for me by everything else, but if I just read that without knowing who Max Ortea was, or like any of the emotional abuse that happens before and after the sexy times, would have been some good sexy times. My other star is definitely Teddy. The dog. He just had such a good character arc. Teddy was my favourite character. I only read this book for Teddy. Oh, also, right at the end, we get Teddy's perspective for, like, a paragraph. <laughs> Do you remember reading that? Yeah. It's literally, like, I think Lynn just didn't want to write, and they banged and banged all night, every night, for the rest of their lives. And so instead, we just learn that Teddy gets kicked out of bed a lot, or, like, doesn't get to come into the bedroom as much as he'd like. That's all. Those are my two stars. So, two stars, and what's your wish? Um, I wish they'd got plan B and just saved us all about 120 pages of bullshit. I wish we had have gotten anything from Tia's perspective. We really didn't hear much about, like, anything from her perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost interested to know whether that's going to be a theme in these romance novels. Because the idea is that the reader, woman, like a middle-aged woman, gets to put herself yeah, in that this, role. Like I think, is this a Keanu Reeves type situation where he's so blank that you project yourself onto <laughs> him? 
Yeah, I, I genuinely think that's what it is. Like, they aren't, they aren't very fleshed out characters because the idea is that you flesh them out with your own ideals. Mm. That's when I feel like I'm not actually as much the demographic as I think I am. Like, I just get so mad when they get married. <laughs> like, so mad. I was like, that's a big thing to do. What are you doing, love? Yeah, Tia, like, Max is the first hot guy you've ever seen. And you also lost your virginity to him. That's what, that's what always pisses me off. Whenever there's a virgin, they only end up having sex with one person. You know? Like, they fall in love with that person that they had premarital sex with and then get married anyway, so it doesn't matter. It, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Oh, yeah. Official ratings? Official ratings. I, um, I think it was bad. I would go as far as to say potentially damaging. Yeah, I was going to say, in its, in its favor, it is only 190 pages, and it's pretty easy to read through. Yeah. So that was good. I like that aspect of it. <laughs> um, you like that it didn't take up a lot of your life. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, hard to read. Yeah, it was pretty simple. Yeah, um, all the pictures helped. <laughs> <laughs> Story structure-wise, they could have... Um, Lynn could have tightened that up a little. I think the fact that they pump so many out, though, they're never going to be polished, you know? Yeah, but I imagine Lynn doesn't publish them all. I imagine Shelley does a few a year. Yeah, but it, I, I think I saw somewhere in the book that Lynn has another one coming out in, like, December. So I think it's sort of one every two months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, thematically, it was all about control and freedom. And the book landed on control, mm. which I think that was uh, not great. So um, yeah. also the sex wasn't hot, and there's only, like, four sex scenes. Um, we got one good description of nipples, which that was fun. Overall, I'm going to call it a bad, bad romance novel. Would not recommend. Yeah, this is a non-recommend from me. Did I guess this is yeah, I have a good metric of rating it. Did you wank to it? No. No? No, I did not. Mm. Did you? I did not either. Mm. Yeah. That's saying something. <laughs> so I'll wank to anything. <laughs> Piece of paper, <laughs> the wall. A nicely painted uh, <laughs> car, you know, you name it. You name it, I've done it. I was really excited for the, like, the idea of romance novels. I really fucking love. I love that you can go to Safeway or Coles and you can't buy porn for anyone else, but there's porn specifically directed at uh, like, a, like an untapped market, basically. You know, there's, there is porn for women and it is improving, but a majority of sex is sold to men or even young women. I think that a lot of, like, porn for women is for, like, women my age. But these books are for middle-aged women. These books are for your mum. I think that's great. That this that ain't exists. your mama's porn. Yeah. But it's just bad. Like they, like, they deserve better, you know? Something that isn't, yeah, just about a shitty relationship. I'm really interested to know. So we get a little author's summary at the beginning, and we find out that Lynn is from Northern Ireland and has five children. Um, and is happily married to an understanding husband who learned to cook since she started to write. Which is like, that's a basic human skill. And also, if she's like pumping out books all the time, yeah, maybe cook dinner like once a week for her. I'm very interested to know whether this is a book written by someone who, like, I mean, I'm being stereotypical here, but like, is probably religious. She's got five kids. She's in a marriage to a man who learning to cook is something that is special enough to her that she wrote it in her author's description. I wonder if this is Lynn's ideal world, you know? I want to pick you up on the probably the religious thing because I got no religious tones to any of this other than that Tia was from a convent. Oh, I was just saying because she's from Northern Ireland and has five kids. Yeah, but none of that carried through into the, the book. They didn't even consider Plan B. Abortion was talked about like it was this awful thing. Yeah, she still had sex without marriage like just on a whim that wasn't like it was never got like pregnant oh. and married the guy two days later like there was never like any turmoil about should i have god is never mentioned in the whole thing yeah but i feel like a lot of the morality of it maybe for lynn this is fucking hot hope not i hope not lynn are you okay get in contact yeah we're here for you so this is a mills and boone which is a famous kind of mm. romance novel and that's what i mean like Mills and Boone bring out books, Constant Boone sponsorship. Or a Safeway sponsorship. Imagine if Safeway sponsored us. Well, I was sort of like in two minds because I made you know, those mock-ups for the album art. One of them's based off of the Safeway Australia 
um, art. Mm. And that one's based off of the Safeway America art. Yeah, I, because I, I didn't recognize that that was the Safeway America because I don't know what it looked like. Yeah, that's That's Safeway why America. I like the receipt because I feel like it's generic. Generic enough. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering, like, do you reckon Safeway would get cross with that? I know we're never going to be big enough for them to actually care, but. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I think. I'm not going to judge romance novels based on just one. Um, but this is part of the miniseries Wedlocked, Conventionally Wedded, Passionately Bedded. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, maybe we can add this to a segment of it. I just found the Goodreads page for it, and there Ooh. are comments. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Mary... Gave it three stars. Little angst in this story, just a fluffy Roma romance. For the most part, I liked Tia, who was raised in a convent, but I felt like she was fell into lust too easily. I agree. Also, she always insisted that Max was honest with her, but wasn't honest with Max before she left about what she was going through. I mean, also, Max was not honest with her. Like, their whole wedding was based on a lie. But that's fine, Mary. As for Max... How could he believe that Tia knew he loved her when he used the words like icing and cake to describe her? (laughs) At the end, he said he loved her, yet the way he constantly held himself back, as described in his thoughts, showed the opposite. It was a good book, but not exceptional. I feel like you're being very kind to it, Mary. Mary was one of the harshest people in here. Yeah, Mary could have really... Maybe we should leave a review that's like, women, you deserve better. I mean, we probably should leave a review. They fell, they fell for each other at first sight. No, they didn't. Max didn't like her at first sight. He just thought she was hot. Yeah. Um, some marriage bits happen. Willy nearly decided, decided he didn't love her. <laughs> Takes off for nine months. He finds her and brings her home and persuades her that he loves her at the end. Intense love story. No, Disagree. Well, this is not intense. <laughs> Can we avoid Lynn for a little while? <laughs> I feel like we should read everything by Lynn Graham. Just make this the Lynn Graham cast. <laughs> She'll probably personally email us. She doesn't have that much going on. Yeah, we she can does have her on. <laughs> shitty romance and then we can have her on. <laughs> Lynn, if you're listening, get in contact at... Why did you want to read romance novels? You're probably coming close to the Why the did you want to read romance novels? Uh, yeah, audio will be bad enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, let alone if I'm just lounging yeah. back. Um, I... I was at work when I thought about it because I've, I've wanted to do a, a show for a while and I liked the flop house and I think their format works well where you're reading something that's not meant to be good. Mm. And, oh, that was it. I was listening to Cortex and they read a business book mm-hmm. and it was hilarious because they both just hated, hated, hated <laughs> this business book and they're describing it and it almost felt like a flop house episode because they were going through it all. Yeah. And I tweeted one of them and said... Um, was it a good, bad business book, a bad, bad business book, or a business book you kind of liked? And then they replied with just, like, the clap emojis. Yeah. Um, and then I thought... Oh, my God, why didn't you tell me you're famous now? Yeah, I'm, I'm essentially famous. Um, and I thought, honestly, you could do a show about business books, like, reviewing business books in that way, like a Flophouse show, but for business books. And I thought they, they might pivot into that. And then I thought, actually, I don't think there's many shows about books where you read crappy books. Mm. Like, there's plenty of shows about, like, I listen to the Kurt Vonnegut guys, and they read Kurt Vonnegut books, but they clearly like Kurt Vonnegut and like literature. Mm. Is there anything for the opposite, where it's like, this is garbage? <laughs> <laughs> and what garbage literature do I know of? I like it. I like the idea of reading romance novels, because, I mean, it's like what I was saying in the podcast, but they're just okay. Like, Society is very much so not okay with talking about sex or having sex at the forefront of things because what about children? Um, Like, what if we accidentally let kids know that sex is a thing that happens? But for some reason, we're okay with mums having these books. It's like, you know, the whole When Fifty Shades of Grey was a new thing. People were just reading it on the train. Mm. And it's like, oh, so naughty. But it's And then I get in trouble when I watch a porn DVD on the train. Exactly. I hate it. Like, you're just on Pornhub on your phone and someone has the audacity to look over at your screen and get offended. 
No. Um, Worst is when they look over at your screen and start rubbing one out. Especially if they're standing and you're sitting. It's just like, come on, man. Um, I'm paying for this mobile data. Buy your own. (laughs) I'm kidding. I have it pre-downloaded. Yeah, obviously. Why would you waste 4G on that? I guess that's why you have like 13 gig, right? Yeah. (laughs) And we deserve to be able to find something sexy and people don't get married and have a kid at the end. You know? Mm. And so I kind of wanted to... Because like even in the in the like you know final chapter or final pages like she makes him a cake because like I said earlier that he she, oh, even though she can cook she never made him cakes um, and then she makes him a cake and that seems like a win for him rather than like she referenced him cooking or having the cook cook Brazilian mm. food for her and like it doesn't go into that they're just having like a normal British Christmas yeah I assume that yeah this would be more focused on women. And about her finding herself, because yeah. one of the one of the things about this book was they're both damaged. You know, they both have like shitty parents and shitty upbringings and everything. Like, but it's sort of in, at the end, Max has dealt with his things, but Tia has not dealt with her like abandonment issues, and you know, her relationship with her mother is somewhat improved. Um, and she still, like, she goes back to the convent and sees the people she grew up with, but she still doesn't live with them, or, you know, like, with anyone who's known her for more than, like, a year. The number one of my problems with it, it describes Max's trip to the convent in the taxi, and the taxi driver's talking to him in Portuguese, and then he says that he only understands, like, one in ten words, because he doesn't speak Portuguese, although he speaks several languages. And we know he speaks Italian, which is his native tongue, because he's Italian. And he speaks English, because that's the language spoken throughout the rest of the book. My understanding of the Romance languages is if you can speak Italian, you can pick up the other five pretty quickly. Yeah. He should be able to, and I'm guessing if you speak several languages, and you live in the UK and are Italian, you're going to speak either Spanish or French. If you speak more than just those two, which it describes him as being able to do. Mm. And particularly since he lived in America, it describes you're probably going to speak Spanish. I don't think that if you're, if you're Italian and English. But I know Spanish and Portuguese are different languages, but like you should understand more than one word in ten. I, yeah. I can understand one word in ten of Portuguese. Yeah. Especially like when a taxi driver is obviously speaking like slowly and so that you can understand them. Tia grew up in Brazil. English is probably her second language. I mean, maybe at the convent they all spoke English or something. Well, she was born in England, so we don't actually know how long she spent I swear, there. I swear it's implied that she was, like, two or something when he leaves her at the mm. convent. Um, but, yeah, like, there should have been, like, Max learnt Portuguese for her or something. It really feels like that two-and-a-half-year jump that we do, Tia has <laughs> changed lots to fit into Max's life, and Max has not changed at all. He's just now okay with his past. It's such a bad book. The more I've thought about it, it's just like <laughs> depressed me how bad it is. Like the first chapter where we learn the premise that he's gonna go marry this girl. I was a bit like, ooh, this is a bit unusual. Let's see let's see where they take it. Like this is yeah. a, this is an okay setup, right? And then when I got to um when they left the convent early, that was a, a red flag, or like a yellow flag. Mm. Um but then when he, like, abused her for what her w- she was wearing at that party she didn't want to be at. Yeah. That's when I was like, nope, nope. And so the rest of it I read cynically. Which, like, at that point we're, like, 40 pages in, 50 pages in. Yeah, yeah. Once the whole, like, you might be pregnant, we have to get married, that's when it lost me. I think I sort of knew that it was going to be shitty in that way, that he was going to be, like, controlling and all that sort of stuff. The closer to the end I got, the more I wanted it to be like like that she strikes out and leaves and then ditches him. Yeah. And so when we got to the part where she left, I was like, ooh, ooh, yes. And then it's like, oh, but I'm still like 30 pages from the end. Yeah. Oh, no, she's yeah. going to go back. And she did. I kind of wanted her to meet a guy in that small town and then that to be like the true romance and her to realize that like the first attractive man that you meet is not the man that you should spend the rest of your life This with. plot would have been so convoluted if you wanted to do that because that would have had to have been like a hundred pages from the end. Yeah. To have enough time to flesh out that romance. He would have had to fit this whole plot. But not even a romance. Like pages. even if she even if she was just like going on a date with a different guy. You know? 
Like, he comes and she's like, you can be involved in our daughter's life as much as you want, but I live here. Mm. You can fucking fly your helicopter here sometime. You know, if he was flying his helicopter between wherever this estate was and London every single day, he can fly it to wherever her new place is. Which, like, I don't know enough about London and owning a helicopter, but I'd imagine that airspace is real busy and you couldn't just fly a helicopter in. Yeah, I kind of thought that as well. They've got a lot of airports going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of people there. Like, surely mm. not just any Tom, Dick and Harry can fly an air- a helicopter around. I also wouldn't be surprised if you have to have, like, a clear airspace over a big city like that. Because like yeah, helicopters if, if just if fall only... out of the sky. Yeah, I was going to say, if only, like, police helicopters are allowed mm. in, like, above the CBD. So is he flying his helicopter to, like... Kensington and then get in the tube, you know? Imagine that if he then has to sit in, like, London traffic for, like, 45 <laughs> minutes to get to where his helicopter's allowed. Yeah, well, you know how London sort of got, like, the that ring, ring that's, yeah. like, this is now London? Yeah, he flies his helicopter to just outside that and then still has to drive for two and a half hours to get to wherever his office is. He always gets annoyed at congestion charges. <laughs> Should we wrap this up? Yeah. We don't need to do letters. Um, oh yeah, I, I I have letters from all of our fans. Oh, hang on, we do have mail. Do we? Yep. Uh, from WordPress. Hi, Safeway is our safe word. We're so excited to have chosen to build your site on WordPress.com. We want to do everything in our power to help you achieve your website goals, big and small. Oh, that's nice. Oh my god, shout out to WordPress. Thank you so much. Um, it's Michelle W. from WordPress. Oh my god, Michelle. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I was um, listening to a bunch of first episodes of podcasts. Yeah. Just to see how bad their quality is. Mm-hmm. There were some that I found that were clearly just on a MacBook without yeah. a microphone. Yeah. We're going to be better than that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Will Anderson's podcast is still just like on an iPhone. <laughs> Apparently if you have two iPhones, it's not that bad. I've heard that. I mean, yeah. we have two. Yeah. If we have our headphones in. You then got essentially like a lapel mic, a huh. lapel leo mic, or whatever they call it. Huh. We'll both have to tie our hair up, otherwise it'll just be like hair scrunchy, against scrunchy. mic noises the whole time. Yeah, and I can't use my AirPods, otherwise I'll have to buddy breathe them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do our blue apron read? <laughs> no, it's Squarespace this week. Oh, is it Squarespace? <laughs> yeah. I get hover a lot. Do you get hover often? No, what's hover? Domain registrar. Ah. Yeah. I really wanted you to go into a hover ad. <laughs> <laughs> hover is the fastest and easiest way for you to register a domain. Have you got a project coming up? You should register the domain for that. Wait, should we get hover for this? I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The first thing I did when thinking of this project was go to hover.com to make sure the domain name's still available. And it I made us dinner <laughs> using Blue Apron. <laughs> Cooked it in my me undies. <laughs> <laughs> if we just mention them, will they give us sponsorship? Is that how it works? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are so many, though. Squatty Potty. They sell them at Costco. You get ads for Squatty Potty? Yeah, um, guys we fucked sometimes have ads for Squatty Potty. Huh. Which is just hilarious and amazing. Like. Now that um, The Illusionist occasionally has poopery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get YouTube ads for poopery all the time. Before, like, Grace Helbig videos, obviously. Nice. I can't believe in all this we haven't mentioned the behemoth of all podcast ads. What? The only one bigger than Squarespace. Oh, Audible. Audible. (laughs) (laughs) Audible.com. Whenever I hear an Audible ad, I'm like, this is your market. When they have Audible ads on YouTube videos, I'm like, no. See, these people like watching their content. When it's a podcast, I'm like, yes, you already have people who have the time to, like, listen to a thing. John Groover, once in an Audible read, was like, you know, Audible's the best sponsor for podcasts because everyone listening to this listens to spoken word audio. You know that every, literally everyone listening to this, more people listening to this listen to spoken word audio than sleep on a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a better fit than the mattress company. Yeah. We were naive. We didn't know what we were looking for when we went to Coles. Yeah, we, we underestimated. This is the podcast where we read shitty romance novels so you won't have to. <laughs> this is the podcast where, for some daft reason, I agreed to read romance novels. This is the podcast where it was Peter's idea. Don't let him ever pretend like it wasn't. Yeah. 
I sort of like in my mind a movie goes for an hour and a half, so a book should too. <laughs> the podcast where Peter underestimated just how long it takes to read romance novels. And like there's such little books, I'm like, I'm not through that in half an hour. I feel like they'd be quicker to read if the plots weren't so convoluted. Yeah, right. They could maybe there's a Wikipedia summary we can read. Probably Sparks notes of them. Surely not. Surely no one wants to find them. I can we get a uh, Kindle book next? Yeah. I'm then we can like highlight and Yeah, and read it at the same time. Rather yeah. than pass back the same book. And then I don't have to weirdly keep this. I'm sad that I spent five dollars on it, you know? Well, you spent five dollars on it, didn't you? Yeah. I owe you a puppy. I want to say, let's talk about that, <laughs> but we're not. Um, mythical. Mythical. <laughs> like a pond, you know? A pond? If we go on bodies of water, it's like very small. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe yeah. even a puddle. So problematic. It's good and bad. Alright, I got stuff to do now. You got stuff to do? Yeah, oh. I wanted to go into the city and do some shopping, remember? I thought you were going to chatty. Oh, we can also go to... I can also go to Chatty. I said, we? I thought you were going to Chatty. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't decided yet I could go to Chatty. Mm. 